Hello, welcome to the Plot Twist Podcast, the podcast where I talk about movies. I'm Everett Hanmer. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in to my first episode. I'm very excited to be doing this. I love movies. I love watching them. I love learning about them. I love thinking about them. I love writing about them. I definitely love quoting them. New movies, they really excite me because before a movie comes out, there's always anticipation and potential for a movie. It hasn't received any bad reviews yet because no one's seen it. And once a trailer is released, you start to really get a sense of it. And I love trailers. When a trailer comes out, I'm that person that's going to be sending it to all of my friends or at least my friends that I know like movies and will appreciate me sending it to them. I'll be pulling it up on my phone or casting it onto the TV to show people and hope to get them as excited about an upcoming movie as I am. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Hey, I'm going to keep doing it. Fun fact, did you know that movie trailers were actually called trailers because they were originally shown after the feature movie, so they trailed the movie? In the 1930s, though, they realized, hey, you know, a lot of people are leaving and they're not staying to watch the trailer. So all this hard work that we put in to create the trailer and create anticipation for the movie, it's, it's not working. What if we moved it to before the movie? So now it's previewing the movie. Some people call them previews. You want to get there to the movie for the previews, but still the name trailer stuck. Here's your fun fact of today's episode. Trailers are called trailers because they used to trail the movie. That leads into today's episode. And today's episode, the first episode, is going to be my 10 most anticipated movies of 2023. Now, these are just my 10 anticipated movies of the year. It's not the only 10. It's probably not the biggest 10. As I said, just my 10. Now, this was hard for me to do because there are a lot of movies coming out this year that I'm excited to see, and I hope you're excited to see. So get excited, because without any further ado, here are my top 10 most anticipated movies of 2023. Kicking things off at number 10 is Napoleon. Joaquin Phoenix is playing Napoleon Bonaparte in a Ridley Scott-directed film that's going to look to tell the story of Napoleon's rise to becoming the Emperor of France. The logline of this film is that it's an original and personal look at Napoleon's origin and his swift, ruthless climb to emperor viewed through the prism of his addictive and often volatile relationship with his wife and one true love, Josephine. Joaquin Phoenix is someone who I think is pound for pound one of the most talented actors out there whose range is just incredible. I mean, he goes from transforming into the Joker, which he won the Academy Award for, and then he follows it up with Come On, Come On, where he plays such a relatable person, and now he's going into this film where he'll play someone who some consider to be the greatest war generals in history. Going back to the logline of the film, when it says addictive and often volatile relationship. I think back to Phoenix's role in The Master, where he plays 
Freddy, who becomes just wrapped up in Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, combined with maybe a little bit of his role from You Were Never Really Here, where he plays someone who's extremely volatile and aggressive. That movie is on Amazon, You Were Never Really Here. If you want a thrilling ride, it's a quick film, but it moves fast, and Phoenix is just intense. Extremely volatile and aggressive, as I said. This feels... Phoenix feels like someone who can really transform perfectly into this historic figure and someone who you're really going to believe is Napoleon. Vanessa Kirby is playing his wife, Empress Josephine. Kirby's in a number of things. She plays White Widow in Miss an Impossible Fallout. She's also going to be in the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, also being released this year. She's in The Crown, so a potential big year for Kirby. This movie, Apple TV, it's coming out on Apple TV. They haven't exactly said when they're going to be releasing this one, but it sounds like it might be later this year. Napoleon, my 10th most anticipated film of 2023. Coming in at number nine is 65. An astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover that he's not alone. This is a science fiction, outer space, time-traveling movie that's also about dinosaurs. You may be thinking, are the Sharknado people at it again? No. While this does have the potential, if you just read that synopsis, to be one of these movies that's like, what are we even doing here? Why? What's going on? But this movie, it stars Adam Driver, who always turns in a great performance. Driver, he's an astronaut who's transporting 35 passengers on a long-range exploratory mission when an asteroid crashes into their ship and they land on a planet. And he says there's only one survivor, and it's a child. This film is written and directed by the same two people who wrote and directed both A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Part 2. It's also produced by Sam Raimi, who's the director of the Spider-Man trilogy, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse, So he, again, someone who very much knows what he's doing, very capable. The trailer for this film, it looks pretty epic. There's glimpses of a T-Rex and a couple other dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs. I'm in. This film, I think, as I said, it's in very good hands, has the potential for it to not be a dino snore of a film. It's going to come out in March. My number eight most anticipated movie of this year is Inside. Inside, we'll see Willem Dafoe playing a high-end art thief who becomes trapped in a New York City penthouse after his heist doesn't go as planned. The trailer shows Dafoe throughout this film. It looks like he slowly starts to unravel and go a little crazy while he's trapped in this penthouse. I think that Dafoe is so good in these types of roles. The Lighthouse, The Northman, At Eternity's Gate... All films where Defoe's character either already is a little crazy or goes a little crazy throughout the film. Much like Phoenix, I think that Defoe, he can really transform into these types of characters in a way that, again, not many actors really can do. And Defoe is also someone who, in my opinion, he doesn't usually miss on his performances, and that is why I am looking forward to Inside as my eighth most anticipated film of this year, and it's coming out in March. Moving on now to number seven, I have Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning 
part one. All you need to know about this film is that the main stunt involves Tom Cruise riding a motorcycle off of a cliff in Norway into a base jump that he then parachutes down. And Cruise does this stunt on his own, which I really, I guess, is no surprise. He's also 60 years old, and he's doing this, which is just wild to me. There's a 10-minute video that they released on all of the training, the engineering, the planning that went into just this one shot in the movie, and it was incredible. In that film, in that little video, Cruz said that he's wanted to do this shot since he was a kid, which I thought was extremely specific, also intense, and I thought maybe a little worrying for a kid to have this vision of what he wanted to do, but it's just insane, and that one shot, they say it's going to be the biggest stunt in cinema history, it's it's what I want to see the movie for. They show you the stunt in that video, just in the raw, behind-the-scenes type of way, but you know in the actual movie, it's going to be made to look just so epic. This film is a follow-up in a way to Top Gun Maverick, not in the sense of the storyline or anything like that. These are two separate worlds franchises, but it's just Tom Cruise's next movie after Top Gun Maverick, and Top Gun Maverick, it was incredible. So this film, do not bet against Tom Cruise. It comes out in July. It's another summer blockbuster for Cruise I'm here for it. I'll be there. Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, my number seven most anticipated movie of this year. At number six is Barbie. Now, I'll admit it, I was a little skeptic when I first heard that this movie was being made, but then I looked into it a little more, and come on, Barbie, let's go party. Honestly, I think this has all the makings to be a very fun summer movie. It has Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie as Ken and Barbie. Greta Gerwig is directing it. This film also has Will Ferrell, Helen Mirren, Simu Liu, and Michael Sarah in it. I mean, come on. There's, It's going to be a fun time. It's going to make a ton of money. Another summer blockbuster. It comes out in July. Barbie is my sixth most anticipated movie of this year. All right, we are halfway done my top 10 most anticipated movies of this year, which means we're getting into the top five. So this is really getting down into the nitty gritty. At number five, I have Killers of the Flower Moon. Apple TV Plus is the latest streamer to give Martin Scorsese a blank check to make whatever movie he wants. Killers of the Flower Moon is about members of an oil-wealthy Osage Nation who are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s. This film reportedly cost $200 million to make, which is, of course, coffee money to Apple, thanks to your iPhone and MacBook and everything else. This film has Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons, Brendan Fraser, John Lithgow in it. Let's just let Scorsese make movies with his friends, honestly, for as long as he wants. Fun fact, this film, even though it's Apple TV+, Plus, it will also be in theaters as well as on Apple TV, thanks to a deal that will see Paramount distribute the film. 
So if you have Apple TV, you can watch it when it comes out to Apple TV. But if you want to see this movie in theaters, you will have the option to. And it is set to come out in May. At number four, I have The Killer. This is director David Fincher's upcoming action thriller film that's based on a series of French graphic novels. It's going to be about an assassin that begins to psychologically crack as he develops a conscience, even as his clients continue to demand his skills. This movie will star Tilda Swinton and Michael Fassbender. That's pretty much all we know about it right now. Fincher, who directed films like Seven, Gone Girl, Zodiac, The Social Network, and the TV series for Netflix, Mindhunter, he is back. He's also reuniting with writer Andrew Walker for this film. He wrote Seven, which is one of Fincher's early films. Very good film if you haven't seen it. It's also on Netflix. And this film is reportedly going to be a neo-noir style action thriller, which I think Fincher is really a big fan of and suits his style well. I don't know about you, but I can't even count the number of times that I've scrolled past either Gone Girl or Zodiac on Netflix and thought, man, I wish there was another movie like this. Well, your wish, my wish, will definitely be granted sometime in 2023. No exact release date yet. If I were half to guess, I would think it's going to be later into the year. They probably are hoping maybe it's an awards type of film, so later on in the year. But again, I, I don't know. No trailer, no real poster or anything yet. We know it's filmed in parts of the U.S., Paris, and the Dominican, Dominican Republic. So a lot of on-location shots, which I think is going to be exciting. Number four most anticipated movie of the year, David Fincher's The Killer. It's time for the top three, the podium positions of my most anticipated movies of this year. At number three is Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Anderson's next film, it tells the story of a fictional American desert town in the 1950s and its junior stargazer convention. This convention brings together students, parents from across the country for a scholarly competition, rest, relaxation. It's going to be a comedy, a drama, a romance film, and more. And Wes Anderson, he always finds a way to make these fictional worlds seem so real. The Grand Budapest Hotel, Moonrise Kingdom, The French Dispatch. French Dispatch, not a lot of people liked that movie by Wes Anderson standards. I thought it was pretty good, but I digress. So a follow-up to The French Dispatch. This film is, as usual for Anderson films, going to feature a star-studded cast of some Anderson stalwarts. Willem Dafoe, Edward Norton, As well, also some Anderson newcomers, Margot Robbie, Tom Hanks, and Steve Carell will also be in this movie. Brian Cranston is in this movie, and he has voiced an Anderson film before, but it was in Isle of the Dogs. So physically, Brian Cranston will make his debut in an Anderson film in Asteroid City. I think that no one makes movies that look the way Wes Anderson films do. His obsession with symmetry, his use of bright pastel colors. Honest, I'm I'm just such a fan. 
I'm going to definitely be there when Asteroid City comes out in June. At number two, I have Dune Part 2. Dune Part 2 in at number two. Kind of fitting, I guess. Dune, the first one, to me, it just rocked. Part 2 of the smash hit from Canadian director Denis Villeneuve. He's, the first one, it blew me away. I had sand in my eyes. It was just visually so beautiful and epic. Part 2, we'll see Austin Butler join the Dune world. Austin Butler, of course, was most recently Elvis in the movie that ended up turned out to be a smash hit, Elvis. I'm sure once he got the word from his agent or whoever told him that he got the part to be in Dune Part 2, I bet you he said, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, that's an Elvis joke. Florence Pugh is also in Dune Part 2. Florence Pugh, she's coming off of an a good year last year. She was in Don't Worry Darling. The movie was a little messy, I thought, but I thought Florence Pugh was really, really good in it. Kind of held together a messy movie, which isn't always easy to do and kind of, I think, the sign of a a good actor if you can do that, and I thought she did. She was also in The Wonder last year, which was a great movie. If you haven't seen The Wonder, it's on Netflix. Be sure to check that out. Florence Pugh, great performance in that one. A fun fact about Dune, I saw the first one with my dad and we both loved it. And he said, seems like they borrowed a lot of things or he saw a lot of parallels that were in Star Wars to Dune. And when you do a little bit more research into it, it's actually the reverse. Dune, the book, came out in the mid-60s And it is a source of inspiration for the Star Wars world and all of the other films that are kind of Star Wars-y. So it's really that those films are like Dune and not so much that Dune is like Star Wars. Dune Part 2, it comes out in the lead-up to awards season in November I cannot wait to see this one. So counting down from 10 after 2, math will tell us that there's only one left. So here it is, drumroll please, my most anticipated movie of 2023. I'm giving that honor to Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is Christopher Nolan's next film on Robert Oppenheimer, the scientist who developed the atomic bomb. When I heard that, that was all I needed. Christopher Nolan is my favorite director. Fun fact about Christopher Nolan. I know I said actually at the start that the fun fact about trailers is going to be the only fun fact of the episode when I think this is at least the fourth or fifth fun fact. So take the over on fun facts in the next episode. Uh, Going back. So the fun fact is that I say Christopher Nolan is my favorite director. The best mark that I got on anything in university was my first year I took film 1020, which they taught you all about movies and film, different terminologies. The final paper, you had to write an essay applying essentially as many film terms as you could 
to one of the films that we watched in the class. One of the films that we watched in the class was Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight, which that is my favorite movie ever. So I just applied everything I could think of into that paper, and I got a 99% on the paper. Virtually perfect. Writing about The Dark Knight. What a great assignment. Write an essay about The Dark Knight. No problem. 99%. Anyways, that is your last fun fact of the episode. Going back to the movie, Oppenheimer, it has Killian Murphy, Gary Oldman, Kenneth Branagh, all Nolan classics in terms of people that he loves to have cast in his films. There's also a good amount of Nolan newcomers that will be in this film. People like Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Matthew Damon, Florence Pugh, Remy Malek, and Jack Quaid, who is most recently in The Boys. Great show, speaking of superheroes, with Nolan and his Dark Knight trilogy. Nolan is adamant on having as many real stunts in his films as is possible, or as he's allowed to do. In Dark Knight, he actually flipped an 18-wheeler. He blew up the hospital when the Joker is blowing up the hospital. In Inception, he created the spinning hallway where they're when they're fighting in the hallway and the keeps spinning in the dream sequence. That was real. I can only imagine what he's thought of to some way recreate the dropping of an atomic bomb as safely and as real as he as he can. The other thing that he loves to do, Nolan loves, is shooting in IMAX. And if you've seen the trailer, this film is also partially maybe in black and white. This film will be the first time that IMAX has been shot in black and white. That technology before this film, it didn't exist. There was no such thing as black and white IMAX. Nolan requested that this technology be developed because he knew that he wanted it in this film. Again, Nolan on his James Cameron level of directing as needing technology to be invented for his films. Like all Nolan films, this film, based on the trailer and some of the pictures, it just looks like it's going to be so nice to watch. Will this film be a redemption for Nolan after Tenet? Does Christopher Nolan need to redeem himself? Honestly, I don't know. Tenet was okay. It was good. It maybe didn't really work. It was really, I don't know, hard to follow at times, but Christopher Nolan loves making movies that are like that, jumping around in the temporal order and having you question what you're seeing, what you're not seeing, what you need to see. Anyways, Christopher Nolan, he's the bomb. This film most likely will be the bomb because it's about a bomb. It's coming out in July, and I think it's going to be a blast. There it is. There is my top 10 most anticipated movies of this year. What did you think of the list? Did I have some that you had? Do you know films? Do you have films on your list that I didn't have on mine? What movie are you excited to see? Let me know. Reach out. I love talking about movies. We'll see you next time. That is the first episode of the Plot Twist Podcast. I'm Everett Hanmer. Get your popcorn ready. Enjoy the movies. Enjoy the movies.